Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. All right, welcome, welcome. You are listening to another live episode of Mortgage Matters. Thanks for joining us. I always like listening to the motor mouths, Matt and Jeff, as I'm driving in. It's an entertaining show, as always, this morning. Yeah, it, 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 it can be. You were talking about it on the yeah, studio. There are some, some parts that just got <laughs> me chuckling a little bit. I don't know if it was intentional, but I like the banter between those two. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's a fun, fun show. It's good hour. Can always learn something about cars or just, you know, good life lessons too. Yeah. Um, so thanks to those of you who are listening to Motor Mouths and are sticking around for a little mortgage matters. We're going to talk some real estate and finance today. As always, we got two hours with you today. I'm joined by Mike Points once again. Feels like deja vu a little bit. Back to back weeks. Yeah. Here we are. Here we go. Goes yeah. by quick, and you do two in a row. Yeah, Feel like I was just in this room, but it was like well, thirty degrees re- hotter. Well, yeah, it was. I was just gonna say we had to redo that show because it's so much cooler in here today. Yeah, it it's really great. nice how we <laughs> have fantastic. in the studio the heaters on when it's a hundred degrees at nine a.m. Yeah. The air conditioners on when it's sixty-five right. degrees at nine a.m. Still um, missing the cutoff man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I something we need to work on before next season. Yeah, I talked about I talked to him about that this week, and uh, yeah, we're working on it. But man, boy, I tell you, something did happen. It's a lot cooler in here today. It is. Yeah, we're. Uh, Got to be on your toes when you're mm-hmm. coming into this. I, I felt for our guests. I was just like threw him into the punishment yeah. room. <laughs> We're going to be over in that room, and you're going to be in this room. Speaking of guests, we are going to be joined a little later in the show today by uh, Christy Carter. She's a broker at Carter & Company, uh, a firm here in San Luis Obispo on Johnson Avenue. And we're looking forward to that conversation. We'll have her on for about an hour today. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, and uh, we've got a couple things we want to talk about. In fact, last week we teased a little bit on the show that we want to, um, this week we wanted to talk a little bit about how um, making your home uh, an Airbnb rental, whether it's just you know a weekend here and there or something that you're really trying to, trying to do on a regular basis... Um, however you try to use Airbnb on your property, that it can have impacts on your ability to qualify for a mortgage. Sure. Um, it's something that we've been running into lately. Mortgage industry is a little slow to warm up to this whole idea of Airbnb. There's been some things out there on the internet, you know, people who uh, attempt to rent your house or they do rent your house and then they, they show up, but then they don't want to leave. And, mm. you know, then all of a sudden these tenant rights start to come into play where they need to be given notice and, mm. you know, eviction and all this kind of stuff going on. So it can complicate uh, 
there's a messy side of it, I guess, with that, with that potential for needing to evict someone. Um, and and that's been an issue that lenders have, have seen and are paying attention to. And then just the idea that there's this border income, this rental income coming in on a property and it can affect the occupancy type of your property. Certainly. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrific with regards to the diversification to the owner, right? I mean, passive income is ideal. That's on the upper echelon of income. Well, and it seems like this cash cow opportunity right now. It's I mean, terrific. You hear about these units. I mean, financially terrific. The 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 long term rental, the one year lease, the you know six month lease or whatever. The, those are great ways to rent your home, and and rents are high now. But Airbnb takes it to the next level. It's, oh yeah, it's uh, rental property on steroids. Twenty first century stuff. I mean, but we have a, a close friend who has a four unit property in San Luis Obispo. He recently turned one of the units, um, converted it from a full-time rental to a Airbnb rental, and he went from making, I, th- I want to say that it was renting at 800 bucks a month for the year lease type of situation, and now they're getting like three to $4,000 a month. And, they, and give me just some background, Dan. Is this a four-unit complex, like a altogether fourplex, or is it a property that has... Four separate I believe units. it's attached. Okay, so then it's probably like what a one, a two one, two bedroom, one bath, something like maybe, that. Maybe maybe even a one bedroom, one bath. Yeah, I think it's two. Those numbers are exactly the same numbers I'm seeing from a, a close client of mine who has a property in San Luis Obispo proper, and you know he's zoned properly for a R two has a dwelling on the back of his garage, one bedroom, one bath, kitchenette, paying the mortgage. Every month. Yeah. Just that. He's got a front house, a nice three bed, two bath. They're divided. And, you know, he's thinking, I'm sorry, what's the issue here? Right? Yeah. I'll take on some risk. Sure. I'm American. I can make money many different ways. Just tell me what the risks are. Legally conforming, that's a question, right? Every city, every municipality has their ordinances it seems like more and more there's some type of permitting required some type of acknowledgement that this is what you're doing and that there may be some kind of uh, border tax mm-hmm. transient occupancy tax like a hotel would have to pay the corporate yes the occupancy tax is a factor because the hotels are saying look how do we compete with this yeah we have to pay this all these unfair. taxes and, and right. these guys are able to just kind of skirt under that that's an, I, and cities are seeing that too that it's hurting that hotel economy a little bit and it's causing problems with just people being able to buy homes because now investors are seeing there's this opportunity for airbnb i actually had a problem with that across the street from where i live because i live in a residential neighborhood and the guy wanted to put in an airbnb and the neighbors are like no no you know this is not a resident this is a residential neighborhood we yeah. don't we want to know a hotel we don't want to have people come in the possibility of having parties and they trash the thing and then they leave it's a yeah, high probability you know, of like, like yeah leisure and fun and right. sure that's not what, that's what we, they're there that's what we buy a house here for i mean that's, one, know, that's my, one side of the aisle right yeah and i'll give you the other side my neighbor uh they live directly behind me um they airbnb their house mostly during the summer um, out in Morro Bay. And, you know, I've seen people come and go, um, some international families, some, you know, American families, lots of different people, never had a problem. In fact, 
I find more than anything that, that it's really a place to lay their head um, after they're, they're done exploring the county. Um, that it appears to me that they're out, they're probably going to the beaches, you know, eating some seafood, checking out the sites, going to Hearst Castle, doing those kind of things. And I don't even see the people around the house too much. Sure. So, um, you know, but yeah, there's potential for it to be the other way where it's a, you know, a bachelor party or something crazy going on at a house that can certainly happen as well. Unequivocally love VRBOs and Airbnbs. If I'm going to go with my family, I want a house. I want a kitchen where we can drink wine, talk about where we went to that day. Just hang out. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's just a perfect identification of the marketplace for Airbnb and VRBO. They sat back and said, look, we've got market share here. People don't like to be divided into their little rooms and their little showers and then meet in the lobby. Well, and, and people, and, are... people that, and if I, let me just say yeah. this, Dan, I think people, individual homeowners are like, I think it's kind of cool. You know, like I'm, I don't really want to get to know these people and be pen pals with them, but I think I can, I live close to downtown. I can host someone in a great area, San Luis Obispo, one of the happiest places on earth, and I can make two, three thousand bucks a month doing that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I got to have three sets of sheets, and I got to have some waters out, a little chalkboard that I write, welcome here, and here's a bottle of wine. Yeah. And I agree with you. I anymore when I go on some kind of trip with with people when it's more than a group of two, um, it's so much better, so much more appealing to stay in a home. The cost is, I mean, you can find all wide ranges of cost of these homes to rent. You oh, can yeah. find some that are much more affordable than hotels. You can find some that are right in line with hotels. Then you can find very extravagant stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's say you just stick right in line with the hotel price mm-hmm. for a comparable price. You can have a much different experience when you have more than two people. For instance, uh, in March of this year, I went to um, spring training. My dad, my uncle, my cousin, myself. It's four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before we had done this trip, we each stayed in two different hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, we could hang out in one room for as long as we could stand it. But then eventually we have to, you know, go to our separate rooms mm-hmm. and then we watch a little TV or do whatever and you know, call it a night when we're, when we have the house, we can all hang out like a family, like we would normally, if we were just visiting each other at one yep. of our own houses yep. and we can cook together, you know, th- th- there was a pool at this house. I mean, it was like, it, it was it's like terrific. just hanging out with family. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely the way that people like to stay anymore when they're traveling. I think hotels might do themselves a, a favor. Um, if they would, maybe think about remodeling, restructuring their rooms. I mean, maybe they need to, you know. That's a huge game changer. Remember the doors between rooms? Yeah, yeah, you know, adjoining you, rooms. Yeah, the adjoining rooms. And, um, you know, those still are around. I don't see them quite as often. My mother-in-law always suggests those. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrific. Oh, um, this one doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's... It seems like the way people prefer to travel anymore. So there's this big economy revolving around renting out your home. Um, but when it comes to the mortgage, right. the, as we mentioned here, it's um, it's a problem. It can be a problem. Right now, we have one of our loan officers working with a, a client. They they must own 10 to 12 properties. Only a few of them have mortgages, but they'd like to refinance them. Um, they have three or four properties with mortgages. Um, they rent out every property they own, even the one that they receive their mail out mail at. And then they have um, they have a motorhome as well. So what they do is 
they can jump from house to house depending on which one's available if they so desire if you know one of the houses isn't convenient they can just stay the night in their rv go to a campground somewhere i mean they are just totally fluid in their lifestyle and so it's interesting one trying to structure a refinance for this loan it's like well where's their primary residence well what day of the week is it yeah you know what month is it yeah it's hard to tell um so it's uh it's something where it takes some explanation and you have to put together a story and re- this is where being a good loan officer where you really separate yourself because you narrative. have to think about these things yeah provide that narrative to the underwriter and make sure they understand what's going on instead of just looking at tax returns and trying to formulate the story in their own head without the benefit of your narrative that you provide and that underwriters defending your position as a loan officer in a good way because fannie mae and freddie max secure mortgages on residential properties and a b&b is a commercial like operation yep. and a b&b meaning bed and breakfast and that's what these are i mean in the eyes of the average underwriter this is a b&b mm-hmm. you have a bed and you offer a service for a fee you're you're no longer a residence in that regard different from having a roommate collecting what we call border income on a consistent monthly basis that's vanilla underwriters eat that stuff up right we can use that to qualify to refinance yeah to show continuity of obligation before we had to stop doing that that they had a you know they were landlords before but this is not the case it's interesting to me given those two situations that you're describing here we've got the airbnb border and then we've got the you know, hey, this is my buddy, and I'm 25 years old, and I happen to own a house, so I'm just going to have my buddy rent a room. Yeah, um, These are both border income situations, yet they're looked at very differently. Correct. Like you said, the, the buddy on the month-to-month lease, that's fine. We've seen that for years. We know it. We're comfortable with it. The Airbnb, uh, I don't know these people. These are strangers from another town who are you know, going to occupy this house for a period of time, with or without you there. Um in the mortgage lending world, we haven't seen it long enough. We don't know how right. what the problems are. I mean, we're starting to hear some stories online. Uh, you know, I don't have any firsthand experience, but I've seen it online where you have these people who try to squat in your house, um, and that's concerning in a, in the lending world for whatever reason. That concern doesn't exist with the friend who's renting a room. I believe it's more of the um, regulation and intervention of these municipalities coming coming to flex their muscles in small towns in like Santa Barbara. This has already happened. A small, I saw this on KSBY. An older lady is trying to supplement her income. She has a two bedroom house. Her husband's passed away. It's a sob story, right? Santa Barbara, city of Santa Barbara. She lives within the city of Santa Barbara. So near state street, if you will, she's doing $4,500 a month. For that other room because she's got a she's a cute little old lady she probably bakes cookies she probably lets them in at any time of the day and they came and knocked on her door and wrote her a cease and desist letter oh, wow. she got ksby involved and ksby as much as they possibly could argued in her favor and the city removed the cease and desist but that is a problem if we have a borrower where that income on its own is helping us qualify for a new mortgage. If that income goes away, it's like losing a job. But a job, you can go get another job, right? 
Well, the border income is always a little challenging as far as using it to qualify. Um, typically, it's not something that's allowed. Um, you know, whether it's your buddy living in a room or an Airbnb rental, um, because it's short-term considered border income. Um, when it's on your primary residence, it's just not allowed. It's not considered stable, so it's not income we can use to qualify. Um, so th- that, you know, I, I'm what what I think is is interesting is that there's reluctance to even lend on the property, regardless of how qualified the borrower is. When there's this Airbnb right um, thing happening, um, I think there's a marketability issue for the bank. Should they go into foreclosure? We recently had a borrower try to apply for a refinance on their property in Cayucas, and the underwriter during their due diligence found that this property was listed on Airbnb, which I found interesting because Airbnb doesn't list addresses when you're just doing general searches. Um, So how they found this, I don't know, unless this person had their own website or something. Um, yeah, but they found that it was listed on Airbnb and the property was ineligible for financing. This was a few months ago. And I believe that as we go forward, we'll probably start to get more comfortable in the lending world with the Airbnb thing. Um, uh, you know, it's probably income that still will be difficult to use. That's the problem I have. You know, I really do have that problem. And I, I, I want to say, I, w- I wish we had Jason here too, just because I, you know, he always fills in some good underwriting s- insights, you know. But why is it that a borrower can't show two years of history on this subunit of income where he's expensed the insurance, expensed the property tax per per square footage, you know, population? He's properly done it with his CPA. He or her has done it with their CPA and. Now we can't use that income for them to go acquire another property. Well, I think they can if it's solely dedicated to being a rental. You know, whether they do it short term or long term, as long as that's its own, that's its sole purpose as being a rental property, then I think you can use that income as long as it appears on a tax return. The problem is when people take their primary residence and try to count border income, like the little old lady in Santa Barbara that you're describing. Sure. That's where. And I, it's not, I'm not saying I agree with this. You're just declaring I'm just, the rules. The, yeah. This is how it's viewed in the mortgage underwriting world is that border income on a primary residence is not considered stable and therefore not allowed. Um, I disagree with it. I was a 25-year-old homeowner who rented out every room in my house because I'm resourceful and that made a lot of sense. And I wasn't ready to just live in my big house with my one bedroom worth of stuff. You know, it was kind of... Kind of lonely, kind of sad, really. <laughs> so, you know, it made sense. I had You know friends. you did it for the mortgage statement. <laughs> I did it for the money, baby. What are you talking about? And Show me the money. <laughs> and it was great. And it was stable. And I did it for years. And it was awesome. But you can't count it. I disagree with it. But that's the, that's the mortgage world. Um, yeah. You can only count that type of income when it's a true second unit. Um, yeah, you know, that, that, that's when you can count that on your primary residence. So good delineation, really the message that we're trying to, you know, we have to do it kind of briefly. We're going to take a break yeah. and then we're going to be joined by a guest. It's exciting topic. The, the message that we're trying to give is that you need to think and plan if you want to conduct a, uh, mortgage transaction right. on a property that has Airbnb, 
um, going on right. with it. You need to you need to get good advice and plan it out. Don't just jump into some you know rocket mortgage and think it's going to sail yeah. on through. That's yeah. not. It's you're going to run the appraisal into, right. You're going to run started. into a problem. So yeah. it's something you can. We've got you know, experience now. Delist it from Airbnb. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get your ducks in a row and make sure that this is set up to actually be an eligible refinance. If yeah. that's something you're interested in. And let's in. help you establish what eligible income is right. on that property. So that's just, you know, the message. If you want to explore this topic further, we'd love to talk to you during the week um, or anytime, really. We're, we're always available. You can call our office, Central Coast Lending. One number rings all the offices. It's 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Um, it is time to take our first break of the show. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Christy Carter. She's the broker of Carter & Company in San Luis Obispo. Uh, we hope you stick around. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, we definitely will invite you to do that. You can call the number 543-8830, 543-8830 to ask a question or share a comment. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018 DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Sharon was given a few months to live if her cancer wasn't treated. We are back. <laughs> I forgot about the uh, I forgot about the little commercial that comes up at the beginning of this. Yeah. Very so abrupt. That's okay. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought can, you might have some clever we music. Actually, well, we, and we queued can actually, up or, here it is. Here we are. It's okay. Everyone's still running back to the radio. Yeah. See, I was thinking Midstay Fair. Oh, this what are we about been, a week away? Uh, three days. Uh, three days. I yeah. knew you were going to play this guy. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, he's going to be one of the uh, headliners. Jim. 
Are you the voice of the fair again? I am. Yeah. In the presence of greatness. Coming up tonight at the California Miss Steve Fair on the grandstand stage. Cool. Richie. Oh, tickets now. Is this a preview? Yeah. He's warming up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm warming up. I haven't got my script yet. Awesome. But anyway, I don't go by my script anyway. Oh, the fair. It's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. I can only imagine seeing Lionel Richie live. <laughs> and I get to be there. Your, I feel like you you'd your, be a big Lionel Richie. You got fan. your white Zinfandel. I, I, you're kind of poking fun, but I think you probably have a Lionel whole the collection. Man. Lionel Richie's the man of his music. Yeah, his voice is so pure. Yeah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. so pure. So All right. we got to work. All right. Yeah. yeah, I remember about that little commercial that comes up next one. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well. We are joined by a guest, a radio first-timer. Welcome to the show, Christy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, Christy Carter is the broker at Carter & Company. They're on Johnson Avenue in San Luis Obispo. Um, I was, uh, you know, I'm just getting to meet you here for the very first time, live on air, and I'm just, I always like to start our guests, just um, hear a little bit about you, where you're from, how did you land on the Central Coast, and... Um, and how did you get into real estate? This is such a crazy business. Why do you want to be in real estate? Why are you in real estate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in real estate, so I don't have to talk about myself. <laughs> I can solve other people's problems. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just, I'm from Santa Cruz, from the Santa Cruz area. And I came to San Luis Obispo to go to Cal Poly. And I was a biochem major. Mm. Yeah. And I just, I graduated and I wanted to, I've always wanted to find a way to help people. And so it fit in with my goals at the time for, you know, buying property and, and what we were doing. And so, yeah, I got my real estate license. Biochemistry flows right into real estate. I see it all the time. Yes. <laughs> were you thinking maybe going into the medical field? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then why well, actually switched it to microbiology towards the end. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, but I did manage a chemistry department at an environmental lab and then um, developed a biology department and I like having projects. Yeah. Wow. Real estate is a wonderful business. It's Probably the furthest thing from the periodic table, but it is. <laughs> but it is a wonderful business, and I, what I love about you, Christy, just from sitting with you, is that your mind can get into the nitty gritty details, and I think sometimes that gets overlooked in real estate. Things like, um, you know, clearly the statistics of the business. Um, people feed us those, right? They give us ratios. They give us things to look at. Days on market inventory on a monthly scale, like how much inventory is out there. But I think your understanding of price point and, and things of that nature is different than what most agents would have. Um, I also think that the real estate business allows you to, to have a, a great, great balance in life should you allow it. I mean, you could work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could work 80 hours a week. In you this could business. work 160 hours <laughs> Whatever, a week. You never know. Seven times 24 <laughs> is. But does it really work when you're out there with your friends and family and helping people find investments? Yeah. I it's mean, just a hobby for some, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, we talk, we, we get a lot of agents on this show and we talk about like, you know, times are good right now. There's a lot of agents you have to compete with, you know? 
Yeah, and it is a hobby for some for some agents, and I think buyers and sellers need to be aware of that mm-hmm. because there's so much information and so much technology that you really have to be educated with regard to your local marketplace and helping people yeah. sort through all of that. And I feel like if you're, you know, it's just part time, mm-hmm. you're not uh, you're not able to give a hundred percent. Sure. The last I heard, there's something like. 800 plus thousand real estate license issued in the state of California. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of people. And like you said, a lot of the, I mean, if you look at the, at the statistics, it's, it's the 80, 20 rule. 80% of those people are doing a friends and family transaction a year, you know, and that's yeah. the extent of their real estate business. What are those people missing for their clients that a full-time real estate agent is, is doing and thinking of and you know, what, are, are, is there something real obvious that they're missing? Do they not have access to all the same information? I think a lot of most people will tend to use a referral or you know someone in their friends and family group. Um, but then the agents that are strictly working uh, for friends and family and are sort of doing it part time, I don't think that they are learning all of the marketing that it takes to actually get a property sold. Um, You know, when you list a house, it goes on over 500 different websites. And um, the syndication and marketing and pricing are really important. I don't know that, you know, it's important to be out there looking at what's for sale. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, Dan, you bring you ask a really good question. I think that there's a factor in not just pricing a house, but like all the nitty gritty stuff that happens after you're an escrow, right? Like a, a, a negotiation request for repairs. Sure. Ooh, uh, we should probably do that. Well, no, you don't have to. I, I think a good seasoned agent says, here's how we handle this. Yeah, we've had, I've had experience with this issue before other than just succumbing to that whatever sounds like request a fair request through. sure <laughs> the cabinets do look like crap yeah well and <laughs> That's actually it is important to be up front with sellers and say hey look your house would sell in one day if you did this and this and that um or yeah i mean the, ne- the negotiation process is huge and also there's a lot of uh people now doing for sale by owners because their friends and family have said, oh, well, I sold it on my own. Mm. Oh, and it's such a hot market, right? You can throw a sign up in your front yard and have it sold in a week. Right. And then <laughs> so it goes back to negotiation, liability, uh, yeah. marketing. I think that liability Let's is talk the about that. Thing. Let's talk about that. What do you mean by liability? I mean, obviously the word liability, everyone knows that, but what, what liabilities would a for sale owner be taking for sale by owner be taking on that you would remove from them? Should you represent them? Well, say a buyer walks into your house and falls down the stairs and hits their head and, uh, you know, (laughs) has a horrible brain injury. My E&O insurance covers that kind of thing. Okay. So it covers the seller, um, regardless of what happens in the inside the house, which sure. is pretty important. 
Let's talk about after the close of escrow. Let's say something wasn't disclosed that gets discovered and the new owner feels warranted to take a lawsuit out against the old seller. Again, my E&O insurance or any broker's E&O insurance would cover cover that. So the seller is completely yeah. off the hook. I didn't even think of that. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, you hear about people going into businesses, getting them for their ADA compliance. I could see someone easily making a business out of walking through residential homes and falling and suing. I mean, it's just, it's the reality of the world that we live in. Um, I was thinking more about the disclosure of things related to your property. Because there's, you know, when you're working with a seller, you're working on all the disclosures of, you know, issues with the property. Is there ever a flood here? Was there ever, you know, a, a septic malfunction or whatever the mm-hmm. issue may be? There's all these disclosures so that when the seller buys your or when the buyer buys your house and then some problem arises later, they can't come back to you and say, you knew about this. Um, I think wow. in the help in the for sale by owner, they're not protected in that way or potentially, depending on what they disclose. And I think a lot of and there's so much there's tons of information you can get online. And I think people nowadays are pretty educated as to what disclosures they need and maybe having Mm -hmm. an attorney help you with Mm -hmm. the documents and sort of hold your hand through escrow. But attorneys can only, you know, read the fine print. They don't, they don't, they can't pick out what stuff might happen during an escrow or after because yeah. they're not in it every day. They don't specialize in it. Uh, so I agree with your point. You know, the the skill, the art of your of your job is to process these requests, these these counters, these negotiations with a fair rebuttal, right? I mean, that's 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 where you earn your money. I say that all the time to my buyers. What happens? They say this. What happens if the appraisal comes back below? what we have on the contract. What do we do? Well, first I tell them, well, you have a couple options, okay? But number one thing we're going to do is we're going to have Christy earn her money. That's what she does. She's going to get in touch with that seller and say, look, here are the comps. Here's why the price is $12,000 less. My client doesn't want to pay what we're in contract for now because we've we've discovered a better, fair price. Mm -hmm. The seller can stay at that price, right? They can stay at the agreed negotiated contract price until now the buyer, per the per our mortgage guidelines, has to come in with that difference of twelve thousand dollars in their own cash, because the bank has an appraisal, an opinion of value, and they're going to take that opinion of value to be the true value of their collateral, the marketability of the home. You would come in and you'd work out that situation. I mean, you understand wow. how to try to find a middle ground. Right. I'm not going to say you're going to solve it. But you're probably the best person in the conversation to start and solve that problem. Well, and I think that's important. That's why you work with a real estate professional because it's important before you ever get to that point, before you represent someone, it's important to go over the different pricing strategies. And You mean as a listing agent? Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And, you know, to tell a seller, hey, this is what – the market is saying your home is worth. If it sits on the market for a couple of weeks, well, then the market is denying your price. Mm-hmm. And to really look at that closely and to be honest and upfront. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's kind of all of a waste of time because the longer a house sits on the market, the less valuable it becomes. Yeah. 
when you're working with a seller, what what's your process to determine what to list that property at? Well, uh, there's. I wish I was an appraiser because <laughs> I do like all of the statistics and numbers. Uh, but generally, just you know, the active, pending, and sold homes. Okay. And there's in within San Luis Obispo County, there's a bunch of different markets. And so knowing mm-hmm. like, well, that house down the street had a completely remodeled kitchen and all mm-hmm. hardwood floors and, you know, it sold for nine ninety, but your house is pretty dated and mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have as much of a view. So, mm-hmm. you know, we might list for a little bit under that. And then uh, I think, I think it's also, I think it's important to go back into MLS, I mean, you can go three six, three six months, which is maybe six months, which is kind of average. But then you can also go back a year and sort of see the trends. And mm. then, yeah, you know, I put together a marketing package, and which is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, <laughs> pictures may not look at all like the inside of the house. I have a really great photographer. You don't say. I mean, it, it, yeah, <laughs> but it's important. It, it it grabs people, and then they'll, you know, come to the house mm-hmm. and see the potential. Mm-hmm. And maybe the views or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we just had an appraisal done for a refinance at the office, one of my clients and up in Atascadero. And I don't know why, I don't know how, but the appraiser somehow, maybe he was chewing gum, missed that two of the five bedrooms. <laughs> I worked on this appraisal this week. Were this is so bedrooms. Funny. So he said they were storage rooms. So we got a comp. We got comps for three bedroom houses. My subject property, my borrower's house that we're trying to get a refinance on, is a five bedroom, three bath house. He gave us six comps, all three bedrooms, some three bath, some two bath. And I got on the phone with the gal in our office. Said that it's good that we have Rachel. I know Rachel's not listening right now, but it's good that we have her because I was ready to talk to this appraiser in a tone that may not have been shall we say, professional. Because I had the client, I said to them, I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm trying to tell you that this stuff just gets overlooked. Uh, Do you have two storage rooms in your house and not five bedrooms? She said, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right? One of the storage rooms had a bed in it. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. we doing? It's a closet. They both had closets. The justification by the appraiser, who I talked to, Good. was that they didn't have smoke detectors. Therefore, no. they no. were not. That's what he said. Therefore, they were not bedrooms. Get they this. could not be counted as bedrooms. I'm like, no, you call it a bedroom and you say that it's lacking a smoke detector and they need to go put a smoke detector in. That's what it is. Yeah, we go back. Here's that what he said next. Thing ever then seen. he said, well, they also don't have windows. Bedrooms need to have windows and closets. So my yeah. client pulled... No, no, right. listen. I agree. Listen. So my client pulled the blinds up <laughs> and took a picture of the rooms. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and so that we're getting at the fact that there's there's data-driven stuff coming off of closed record properties, recorded properties, prices that are recorded. And data is a big part of the process, but also you know understanding these homes that you're in when you go to sell them. 
how they're perceived, you know? Well, that's important. What pictures to take. Um, I mean, maybe not take a picture of the fact that there's a window and a smoke detector, but if there's a new kitchen that opens up a floor plan, that's going to be Mm-hmm. Six out of my ten a pictures. Picture of the driveway with a car in it. Most of these for sale by owner people <laughs> take that picture. That. <laughs> they take a picture of the front of the house. My house is for sale. Like, what? That's your garage. How do I know if I want to buy the house? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And there's so Anyways. many neat apps now too. With, yeah. Uh, being able to go in what and you- show a buyer different paint colors that might look good on a wall or yeah. Yeah, you can give buyers a lot of options. Not too many because then it becomes hard to make decisions. But uh, as far as the statistics of it, we do know that a study released by the National Association of Realtors, sellers that list with an agent get 25 to 30% more for their property versus sellers that don't. Wow, that that sure trumps the 5% that you might save on commissions. <laughs> as a seller yeah. and the five percent is a derivative <laughs> of the price too. right so you know wow 25 to 30 percent that's incredible why do you feel like in a nutshell that that's the case they just don't price their house accordingly or do you think they just get pummeled by the guy that comes in with cash or the gal that comes in with cash and takes some right well they don't have the ability to go in and look at tax records because the tax records will show for sale by owners or maybe homes that were sold by an attorney listing their own property, the tax records will show those sales. And then they and then also you're looking at MLS. Mm. So you can compare uh, the value and, and get sort of an estimate. They, they don't think their home is worth as much as it really is because I think – That's very interesting to me. Yeah. and the Their self-perception and hurts them. Yeah. I could believe that. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, uh, well, you know, there's, people are smart. There's investors going online trying to mm-hmm. find good deals. Always. So they look at a for sale by owner and they go, okay, these people don't know what they're doing. Well, Let's, and agents also aren't showing those properties either because no. there's no commission. Which is kind of earned. sad because you should represent your client. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, you get we're all doing, I mean, I, I know you enjoy real estate a lot, but you also are making a living doing real yeah, estate. Yeah, I don't like doing it for free. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, there's a lot of reasons why the for sale by owner, I, and I go back to liability. That's what scares me. In a litigious Paramount, yeah. world, you, you got to be protected. Even, you know, I never thought about the person who would fall down your stairs just looking at your house, not even buying it, just looking. That or could say they have a, a heart attack yeah. and then blame this. That's seller. scary stuff. Um, so. so we are going to take a quick break here. Um, we'll, we have a lot more with Christy and a lot more of the show coming up. Um, I want to quickly give out Christy's contact info. Um, you can find her on the web at christycarter.com. Christy is K-R-I-S-T-I-E. ChristyCarter.com. Um, phone number to reach Christie's 235-4499. And uh, we have, like I said, we have a lot more to come. We're just scratching the surface and we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. 
Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, here we are. We're back. I'll spare you my singing. That was Dan. <laughs> Let the pros do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick to what we're good at. All right, welcome back. Um, do you want to remind you that it's a live show today? Love to hear from you. Um, you can give us a call in the studio, 543-8830. If you have a question, like to share a comment, love to hear from you. 543-8830. Christy brought... A full binder of notes, graphs, and statistics. Yeah. I'm a little intimidated Pop by all this art. information. I mean, and these are nice graphs. I would sit here and describe them, but that's not the best radio. Um, and so I'm getting the feeling that you're really into the, the data side. I, I've got the chemistry background. I'm seeing the binder here. I, I, I'm, I'm picking up that you like the numbers. You like the statistics. How does that help you do your job? What, and what's going on in our market? Well, for me, they provide because there's the history. History repeats itself, and there's cycles, and so it's nice to be able to look back at the data and to know maybe where we're going in the future. I just had to take re- take some continuing education for my broker's license, and so I took real estate economics, mm. which is pretty fun. 
<laughs> Not really. Uh, but yeah, I was envisioning this scene from Ferris Bueller where that guy's slobbering on the desk. <laughs> it was pretty. It was not great, and I really didn't like statistics, to be honest. Uh, but it's just I feel like if I just give you all of the data, give you what's going on in the local market, then you can be if you're a buyer or seller, you can be empowered to do what's best for you. Because I'm not going to try to sell you something that's not in your best interest. If you don't want to sell, great. If you do, great. I'm here to help, and I'm the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my feeling with data. And so what's going on in our local market? Well, everyone knows, and I don't even want to say it because you hear it all the time, shortage of inventory, no listings, nothing for sale. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that just – means to me that I have to go out and provide sellers with, you know, they, they don't, maybe they don't know how much equity is in their house. Mm-hmm. I have to go inform them and say, hey, now is probably a great time to sell. There's more. It's because of the lack of construction, new construction that we have had. And are you aware, are you updated on the data for that? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just I, I bet you know. Well, there's. I actually, think it's where I think we're at 1.6 million in shortage. I think we might be in the California uh, as a state. I think we're like over one and a half million homes. I believe less that number than what we yeah. need. Not building for ten years. We'll do from that. 2008 to now, or 2007 to now. But I, I only ask because I think it's important. To know, like, can we get back? I mean, will will new construction ever catch up? Definitely. And there are a lot of interesting projects going on around San Luis. Okay. And there's an app for that, too. Actually, I think it's on the county website. You can go and it lists all of the different development projects and what stage they're in. Mm. And I think the concern is that a lot of people... Uh, that aren't educated think that the market's going to crash, you know, and we'll go back to the way it was in what two thousand four, five, six, eight, two thousand eight, two thousand eight, in October it was when Lehman Brothers happened. So there's and interesting so debate there's... about that, you know, direction of the market. There, we we have callers calling in on the show, worried that we're reaching potentially another bubble here with prices going up ten plus percent a year for five years, and who knows when that's going to stop. Unaffordability is so high right now. I think it's like a third of people can afford homes. Well, that's interesting. I was reading something that said. It's not actually a problem of unaffordability. It's just the lack of inventory because jobs are getting better and maybe not in our county. Our county's doing okay. We talked about that last week as okay. far as unemployment. But th- sure. but but the wages aren't increasing at a rate that's keeping up with the price appreciation and inflation. Right. Well, yeah, there's a lot going on because we've got we've still got a strong investor presence in the market i'm mm-hmm. not as strong as it was in 2010 11 when they were just scooping all the all the rock bottom price properties up mm-hmm. um but rents are still so high that it still makes sense with a lot of properties for investors to buy them and a lot of times they have cash 
Um, where I, I talk about affordability is for the average homeowner, the entry-level buyer, even the move-up buyer who's trying to use financing. They don't have $600,000 of cash sitting in their bank. And given their household income level versus that debt service on that loan, it's really nationwide, not just here in California, that studies show about a third of people can afford homes um, in most of the major markets. So Now, do you have programs for first-time home buyers where they don't have to put a lot down? Yeah, definitely. There's lots of low-down options. You know, some of the best ones. We're we're lucky to be in an area of California that's considered rural. And so there, for um, some of the more modest-priced homes, there's uh, the USDA loan program. It's a great loan program, 0% down. Um, most areas in our county qualify some of the bigger cities like San Luis Obispo and the five cities area, Santa Maria, they do not qualify. But North County, North Coast, um, you know, kind of those in-between areas, they all are eligible. Yep. Um, it is an income-restrictive program. You know, VA lending is great, another zero-down program. And then there's a lot of 3% down options. So there is that. And that's one of the things as lenders that we really try to educate people on is that this whole notion of needing 20% down to buy a house, that's not today's market. That's not reality. That was when you went to buy a home in the 70s or 80s. I mean, even then, truthfully, you could get them with like 10% down. But um, yeah, which is really, why education where my job comes in too is going, look, you might be able to afford more than you think. Yeah. In fact, we see, yeah, we see that all the time. We see people that we can qualify for payments well beyond their comfort. And, and so then it's really talking about their comfort level and what do they want to pay? What is their monthly expense, you know, that they can endure and, and still feel like they can go out and have a little fun too. We're getting um, all the hand signals that we're getting forced out here into the top of the hour break. So we are going to have to pause this conversation, step aside for about five minutes. So great time to freshen up your coffee. We'd love to hear from you when we come back. You can give us a call in the studio, 543-8830. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after about five minutes with Mortgage Matters. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to CentralCoastLending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. back <laughs> it's the yeah. second hour of mortgage matters i'm not finding the connection here jim frankie, frankie valley gonna frankie be at the fair also the fair Jeez. four seasons yeah wow i can just i'm just staring at jim and seeing him in the 70s with this huge collar i <laughs> <laughs> did a 70s show for a while yeah. was it yeah. called that that 70s show no that was taken yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah bummer yeah 
You don't even need to go to the fair. You can stay in the comfort of your living room with the radio on and get. Oh, you know he does. You know he does. The fair right (laughs) here. Yeah, yeah. Belly all the time. All right. One could argue the better hour is here. Yeah, the better hour. This is the. Well, I don't know if this is the original hour anymore. I think the original hour was the eleven o'clock hour. Oh, really? Yeah. The original half hour, I should say. Ah. The original half hour was. I wasn't here on the show at that time. No, you were. I'm trying to remember who. Tristan, probably. Uh, he did it for only a little bit. Maybe John. No. Yeah. He just sold us the spot. Okay. Yeah. No? I don't know. Hmm. To dig back in the archives and freshen my memory. Travis. It all changed when you showed up, Jim. Game changer to the Mortgage That's Matters right. show. And you went from an hour to a two-hour show. That's right. Yeah. And uh, today we're lucky enough to be joined by Christy Carter. She's the broker of Carter & Company in San Luis Obispo. Uh, we had, we're talking a little bit off air. Um, you know, I, uh, as I was preparing for your visit today on the show, Christy, I was checking out your Facebook page. Um, you're on Facebook. I see you're doing some creative marketing, doing some video. We're talking a little bit about the automation the online revolution that's going on really in any every industry but we're seeing it a lot with zillow and the rocket mortgage and all this stuff going on in the real estate and mortgage world and so it's it's difficult to separate yourself from the crowd and from the online presence that really always you know whenever you google an address or whatever it's always taking it to the same five or so big websites and if you want to be featured on those sites, you have to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars to, to even show up as one of three potential contacts. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I was really interested to see your marketing approach. Um, and I was hoping you could just share a little bit about how you try to differentiate yourself. Statistics. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think that, well, so I've, I've kind of been just learning all of this marketing material and it's a full-time job in itself. But I, I've always, I mean, in high school, I excelled and wanted to be the best at everything. And I was top of my class and, you know, was up at 4.30 a.m. doing martial arts and running track and cross cross country and so I'm pretty dedicated to finding ways that I can not spend tons and tons of money on you know giving to Zillow and some of these other sites and still find a way where I can reach property owners and buyers to let them know that I'm here to help so I think if you you don't innovate you're dead Mm-hmm. And uh, I just try to oh, – there's so much stuff online, but just educate myself on different ways to advertise on Facebook. For instance, you can target a certain demographic in Bakersfield or Fresno that might want to purchase a home in one of our coastal towns, and you can do Facebook boost to that demographic. Mm-hmm. and depending on how much money you want to spend, it it's pretty effective. Now, a lot of times I see the ads pop up on the side and I just sort of ignore them. But 
if you're searching for a house or visiting an area, have you heard of the reticular activator? I think I know what you're talking about. I'm you're you're getting a little over my head. Was that the, the thing in the back of the DeLorean? <laughs> that was the flux capacitor. Oh, yeah. Darn it. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't you know you're uh... my bad, Jim. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have jumped in. <laughs> it's you're talking about the thing that when you when you search for a pair of shoes, you can't escape the ad for the pair of shoes for the next thirty days of your life, right? Well, actually, say you want to buy a particular car. And suddenly, and maybe you have just bought that car. Will you see that car everywhere? Yeah. And so I think it's the same for someone searching for property. They want to buy, you know, they're thinking about investing on the Central Coast. And so they're going to pay attention to ads coming up for the Central Coast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this whole online um, Movement. I mean, it's affecting every industry. It certainly affects our industry. We find that a lot of people come to us armed with a lot of information. And I'm sure that it happens to you as well. People already know a lot about the properties that are um, out available on the market currently. Or they think they know. Or they think they know. Zillow. Because uh, Zillow is not always the most accurate. Well, it's because agents have to choose whether their listings are syndicated to Zillow or not. Oh, okay. On the MLS. So that's why it's not... Always accurate. Yeah, you know, we had a really funny episode. It was probably a couple years ago now. Um, we were joined by a, another local real estate agent. We were talking about Zillow, and as uh, there was a conversation going on, I'm just over here just browsing Zillow in Morro Bay, where I live, and just I found this awesome property. It was an incredible deal. I had to know more about it, and our guest quickly told me that that property sold about six months prior. <laughs> but on Zillow, it was for sale, ready to go. And I was sure I had found the deal of a lifetime. Um, but kind of, I missed it. Yeah. And the, it's, it's also a means by, you know, where agents can have buyers, get buyers. So it may not be updated. But I think one of the big things that's missing online is that real life component that that a, a human being can provide to you it's the experience it's the you know i saw that house on caravan and it looks great in the pictures but here's a couple things you need to know about it mm -hmm. or you know that you can't see it online but there's this interesting uh you know, mixed use building where they're, you know, doing bonfires at night. You know, they, they have like poetry reading and bonfires every night. So you just <laughs> got to know that that's right next door. You didn't see it in the photo, but, you know, and I think that's where huge frat house. Next door. Yeah. I mean, those are, it's those kinds of things, that experience of being involved in this community and going around and seeing these properties when they first get listed um, on the caravans, you're, you're looking at them and you're, you're having that firsthand experience that you can really provide some insight and, um, and some of that advice to, to clients yeah. that they can't get online. They can, they can get a lot of information, which is great. And I love that they can come in armed with, you know, kind of filtering it, out what they don't want and and knowing what mm -hmm. they do want and that helps you right. find them a house more efficiently but there's right. things that you provide that just aren't available online well and things that we have a lot of la people buying in our coastal areas and all mm -hmm. you know it's all cash and so they're in la and they really appreciate videos because it gives them an idea if they've already seen the area interesting 
So you provide that service? Absolutely. I was with your sellers for one client videoing all the houses she had pulled up that wanted she wanted to see. We always give Mike a really hard time because he likes to video text and email us, (laughs) even us, just his friends in the office. So. Mike gets friendly jabs from us because we like to tease him. But it is effective but and people do like it. They're drawn to it. Yeah. There they won't al- be reading. They always watch them. <laughs> I know. They always watch yeah. them and then they always comment. Mm-hmm. And you get a little flavor and yeah. taste of who Mike is. It's great. And I I got a, I got that from you before I I had even met you. Um, you know, I was able to watch a few of your your videos that you sold some homes and things. And just well, I'm got just a little... beginning, and right. I'm, so it's very rough. <laughs> but I do want to drive people to my YouTube channel because I need subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's What's do your that. YouTube channel? Is it Christy Carter? Well, see, like I can't. YouTube no, it's Christy almost Carter? embarrassing. I have to have over a hundred subscribers to get my own URL. <laughs> okay. uh, so you guys can subscribe. We'll, All right. we'll give you two more today yep. and turn off notifications. Right. <laughs> Thank um, you for that. You know, I know that there. Do you? So your office is in San Luis Obispo. Do you? Um, are you focused in any particular area, or are you working all over the county? Um, and then also, are you specializing in any type of property or client? Or are you just open to anything? No, I, you know, I did work. I'm familiar with Santa Maria and Paso and Atascadero. And I feel, again, with the Internet, our world just gets smaller. So it's important sure. to familiarize yourself with each area. You know, obviously, San Luis Obispo, five cities, I know... <laughs> More intimately than the other surrounding areas, but yeah, but I'm driving all over the county. <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously help buyers, but you, you know, with your data-driven approach, I think you're really a listing agent at heart. I prefer working with sellers, unless a buyer knows what they want and what they can qualify for. You know, it's 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 an investment. I know. The interior of the house is important to, you know, women like kitchens and guys like garages. I like kitchens, too. Yeah. Okay. And garages. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's weird. Just keep keep going. Anyway. (laughs) One thing that I saw as I was um, checking out your your Facebook was you had posted an article and it kind of tickled me because it was almost word for word our current advertising campaign. And it was talking about the first step in the home buying process is to get pre-approved. Right. It's very important. I just had an experience. And I think that it's still, I take people at face value sometimes. And um, I just had an experience with a buyer where where they told me they were pre-approved and they talked to a lender and, you know, they live in Fresno. And so I just, I said, okay, well, let's do it. And then, you know, in this market, unfortunately, there's, all cash, there's bidding wars, there's, it's tough. And you have to be pre-approved, ready to go, and be willing to offer over asking price. And, you know, they didn't get it because they actually didn't have the pre-approval that they maybe thought they had. I think it was just an error on their part. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion, I feel like, between the term pre-approval and pre-qualified I don't necessarily, I even struggle with these two terms. To me, they mean the same thing. I'll tell you what they mean. Go ahead. 
I'll tell you exactly what they mean because this is how I do a pre-approval. Um, and any of the agents that work with me can vouch for this. I gather, people call me all the time and say, hey, we want to buy this house. We're referred to you by this agent. Here's our data. I'll give it to you right now over the phone. That's great. That's like a pre-qualification. Hey, it looks like we have we have reason to keep chatting about you getting this house. What I need from you is income documentation, assets that can show that you verified assets to pay a down payment. I don't know where the assets are coming from. They can't be coming from your business. They could, but we'd have to look at that. I do what's called a pre-approval because I gather those information, that information. I put it into the loan app as it should be based on the guideline. And then I run a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac approval. So I force the mortgage underwriter, comp- these companies to tell me, yes, we would buy this loan. That's a pre-approval. And that is gold because on the if, if I ever run into an issue with a counter going up, down, left, right, center, I, I have that pre-approval to go back to. That's my basis for moving forward. Now we can draft a letter. Some people don't like the process because it's, oh, I got to get into the file cabinet. I mean, we just want to get this house. Sure. But the market is set. You hit it right on the nose, uh, Chrissy. It's not just bidding over. It's being ready to close in 30 days or less. Absolutely. That's when the you first have, way to do it. When you're competing against cash buyers that can close in you know, two weeks. 15 days, but the discount is 10% of what you're asking. So now the seller is giving up 80 grand to close 15 days sooner. I'm not seeing the value in that unless... But if I have a pre-approval, okay, and the the listing agent on the other side said, look, we like your offer. What does this pre-approval mean? I can, within less than three minutes, reply once I get permission from the borrower to show them this approval that shows I've accounted for all their income. I have run their credit. I have addressed their potential derogatory items. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that gets you burned. You say yes, 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 and you do a prequal, and then when you go to pull credit because it's day one of escrow, you didn't tell me that you had a short sale three years ago. Well, I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think it was important. It was like four years ago. And we can't get too <laughs> mad at them because the market doesn't say, you know, it's not like the weather and mortgage guidelines every morning on the news. Well, and that's that's where the human component comes in and where my job comes in is making sure they talk to you guys first. Correct. I, and I think people are scared too. They look at it as a, well, first time home buyers, they look at it as they're making a huge commitment to buy a house when really you're just getting getting an idea of what you can afford. And then absolutely, you, know, you have 21 days for your contingency removals once you open escrow. So. It is a very nerve-wracking experience can for be. buyers. I've seen the most qualified people stress, unbelievably stress about their whether or not they're going to get approved for the loan. And I'm like, you you make so much money and you yeah. have liquid cash in the bank and your credit is immaculate. You go enjoy yourself. Go do something and you're going to be fine up, on the yeah, loan. Yeah, that brings up a good point, though. What credit score do you have to have to get a pre-approval if you're a first-time home buyer? Just to depend on the program, because I think people think they have to have a really high credit score. It does vary by loan program. Um, yeah. For all practical purposes, a conventional loan you need a six twenty score. 
every now and then we'll see something less than that. But I, 620 is about your rock bottom for a conventional loan. Yeah. Um, and it will affect the rate in a in a significant way, like a half a point, sometimes even as much as three quarters of a point when your scores are that low. Conventional loans are very sensitive to credit scores. Mm-hmm. When you're operating on the government lending side, the FHA, the VA, the USDA, credit is... It's more like as long as you meet the minimum standards, you're eligible and it's not going to impact your rate or ability to qualify. It's just do you meet the minimum? And the minimum standards for credit for government loan programs are much more relaxed. Um, We have some investors that will go – they advertise as low as 500 or 550 credit scores, which you have to do some work. To get your score that low, you have to really be committed to not paying people if you want a 500 credit score. Right. It takes effort. Okay, well, It takes right. a plan, yeah. and you have to execute it well to get a score that low. Um, so, And that's what led up to the right. crash of one of the components that led up to the crash. Sure, yeah. 100% financing, yeah. 500 score. Let's do it. A million-dollar house. 80-20, baby, all day long. And that's just not today's world. If you're going to come in with credit problems, you need to have explanation. You need to document what happened and why it's not likely to happen again in the future. And we need to be comfortable with that. Our underwriter needs to review that and be comfortable with your explanation. And, um, yeah, you know, so when we see someone who's got a bankruptcy seven years ago, we can get past that. Even if their score is low, we can get past that. As long as we understand what was the event. Oh, you lost a job, you lost a spouse, something major that led to that event, and now you've recovered and and you're back on on the you know the the healthy financial path. Versus someone who got a bankruptcy and then a couple years later they were late on some credit cards, and then a couple years later they failed to make their auto payment. That this is someone who's got problems with credit, and so you're they're at trends. Yeah, we are. We're looking at the recurrence of That's these exactly major issues. That's exactly what a credit report is. It's saying, hey. Be warned, if you extend credit to this person, here's their history. And that's why we don't mind. You know, if a mortgage was late in 2014 a couple times, that's not a problem. You know, I want to add to what you said really quick, Dan, is that you're you're mentioning that credit scores can go lower in government loans. I agree with that. When you're doing a refinance, make sure we talk about how you're getting that, what you want to do in that refinance. If there's a cash out scenario, your credit scores do need to be a little bit higher. And a lot of people might already know that. But I think it's important to bring that up. Many times you're getting cash out to maybe solve your credit scenario. So yep. it's good to check in with us and, and talk about that. Right. So my job is to to educate these people and send them to you first and foremost. And then I feel like if we if if the if sellers had somewhere to go, then in you know they realized the value of their home, it would free up their properties for these first-time home buyers because I do think prices will just keep going up due to the shortage of inventory. Right sellers so, sellers needing somewhere to go, meaning a replacement property. Yeah, on the high end. I think it's a trickle-down right, effect. the move-up buyer. Well, yeah, and so the sellers, you know, the higher-end homes sit on the market a little bit longer <clears throat> because less people can afford them mm-hmm. and – Maybe they, you know, are thinking about moving out of state. They don't really have to sell, so their home is overpriced, and they're not as motivated. So that's not freeing up that house for, 
you know, the third time home buyer who could afford that property and then their house is not freed up for, you know, the lower tier. And sure. so it's just creating increasing prices. So how do you see, I, I feel like we're in this, this part of the cycle where I don't see how we overcome this problem. Other than just new projects, building construction, right? Okay, so that's that's the well, solution. We overcome it by that's the carb release, you know. That <laughs> honestly, I mean, there's so much pressure right now in this market where there's nowhere to go. That that creates a new vacuum, you know. These people, I mean, think about it. You own a six hundred fifty thousand dollar home today, and you want to do some touch ups, but it's going to cost you eighty grand. You don't want to touch your mortgage because it's under four percent. How are you going to get the eighty grand? But if I just move into this brand new home, it's got everything ready, and I sp- I take a smaller hit on my monthly payment because my property taxes will go up. I'm stepping up to the next basis, and sure, I'm going to need to get a loan, but I've got three hundred thousand dollars of equity in this house that I wouldn't be able to touch otherwise. So that's that's really the movement. I mean, we got to see that happen for the thirty-five and below age group to get real homes here in slow proper. I think it's also happening. I think it's also happening in Grover. I think it's also happening in in Arroyo Grande less. And it's certainly happening up the grade too now. I mean, people are running out of options. Yeah. The Tribune is doing a little series right now on on what the median price in the county will get you in different areas. And today they featured Paso Robles and um, a couple of the agents that were quoted in the article said the, the Paso market's a little different than than the um, San Luis Obispo South in that um, you can obviously get a little more house for your money and especially a little more land for your money up in the North County. Mm-hmm. And you're not seeing quite as severe of competition in the North County. Um, whereas in San Luis Obispo, you may need to be prepared for, for the multiple offer situation. Here, you're showing me, what is this now? This is median price for Paso? Oh, the median estimated home value in Paso has gone up 2.37% over the last 12 months. And it looks like the median estimated home value for Paso is about 438. So this Mm. was taken from RPR, which is, connects, it's a realist property resource. I don't know, just another one of the sites that has data that's accurate. Hmm, interesting. Connects with MLS. Mm-hmm. So that kind of differs a little bit from some of the county trends that we've seen where it's, you know, 6 to 10% appreciation. The Paso market is saying it's a little... Right. And then so as far as a crash is concerned, I think around 3, 3% is the normal rate of appreciation per year in a normal market. Right. And so, you know, we're getting 6 to 10%, which is great, It's but it's just going to come down and level out to... Yeah, it's a bell-shaped curve, right? I mean, yeah. there's regression. It, right. But the, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if we... Um, I, I don't know if we can change this without new construction, Dan, and that's one of the reasons I take, I take uh, a lot of time to see what's happening with these developments. I, I try to help these builders. I sit on the board for the HBA. I try not to mention this just because I want to tell people that, but because the, I see what's happening with these projects here in San Luis Obispo. I see the challenges, and it's a community issue. It's not just a builder needs to figure it out 
and take less profit issue. It's a community issue. We do need more people to get involved. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to take a commercial break. <laughs> Agreed. That's what we have. I don't know. Are you planning on, do you want to stick around a little longer? Continue talking? Do you have anywhere to be? Do you have property to show right now? I wasn't sure exactly what your schedule was. Uh... Do I look like I'm showing property this morning? <laughs> sounds like Christy's going to stick around for a little bit longer. So Maybe a few minutes. Will... I do have an appointment <laughs> okay. in about 20 minutes. Okay. We will... Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. We'll have a little more with Christy until she has to to depart our show here. But um, do stick around. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero-down and low-down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Just the other night at a hometown football game. My wife and I ran into my own high school flame And as I introduced them, the past came back to me And I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be She was the one that I had wanted for all time and each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if He'd only grant me this wish I'd wish back then, I'd never ask for anything again. Do you think Trisha got really mad at him so when he wrote this song <laughs> and sang it for the first time? I don't know. I kind of think she He was, was with Sandy at the time. <laughs> 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 He was with Sandy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Sandy might still be upset. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, it's a good Some song. Some things, Garth. Uh, maybe yes. just sing them in your head, buddy. Not one of my favorite. <laughs> not one of my favorite Garth songs. Certainly a good one. <clears throat> yeah. I saw him live in '15 in San San Jose. At yeah, Arena, I did. Oh, the we, Sharks Arena. I. It wasn't '15, but I did see him there. Yes. He was awesome. Yeah. Tear jerking. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Very it's good. A great show. Too. Oh my god. Oh gosh. He puts on a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the yeah, end, he'll do awesome. he'll do some like cool Bob Seger stuff, like just mm-hmm. off the cuff. He'll just be like, "Who wants? Tell me what song you want to hear." Yeah, just, <laughs> like oh, plays cool. it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, it's really cool. He's quite the entertainer. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that fair is just three days away. Yeah, a lot of well, a lot of good music Wednesday, there. Yeah, cotton candy. Um, Corn mor- dogs. Mortgage matters is in the present though. It's happening right now. We've <laughs> only got about twenty five minutes left. Um, we're joined today by Christy Carter. We've had a great conversation. Um, she's got to leave us here before too long. So want to just try to get a few final thoughts out there. Um, you know, we've covered the, the shortage of inventory, which is no secret. Um, the, the prices we've kind of been during breaks, checking out, uh, different statistics in the different cities around the County, um, what's great about our county is how unique each of the different cities are. You know, the the coast is so different from the North County, which is so different from Slow, and it makes our area such such a unique place to be that you can, you know, you can have forty degree swings and weather and amazing scenery just by driving fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, um, and it, and it's really cool. It's a it's a diverse area. It's beautiful, and it's it's why we're. Uh, we're a destination. We were joking in the break that we just need some of these these baby boomers who are retired and have you know made all their money, and you know we just need them to start selling their homes and downsize. And I joked with Christy that they are doing that; they're just moving here to downsize. <laughs> yeah. and, uh-huh. and that's why we're experiencing this and to own of their inventory. house free and clear, right? Because they have the cash. Sure. Uh, we were San Luis Obispo County was. 16th for the medium price on the medium price index. Uh, San Francisco, of course, was number one. San Mateo, Marin, Santa Clara, Santa Cruz County, Orange, and then Santa Barbara, number eight, and then San Luis Obispo. So we're still af- we're still affordable. Just. <laughs> just to not to just not to people who have jobs around here. <laughs> I was gonna say we're still affordable when you compare it with the most expensive place yeah. in the world to buy real estate in the Bay Area. <laughs> we have high standards. <laughs> right. I like what you did there. <laughs> but there's opportunities in our county. You know, you see all the inventory. Do you is there for an entry level or move up buyer, are there some areas that they should be really focusing on where there's the best opportunity to find a home? Unfortunately, well, <clears throat> you know, there's Oceano, Grover, and I think Oceano will start getting nicer. And then, yeah, there are some pockets in Paso and even a Tascadero. But for the move up buyer, what price range? I don't know. I I feel like move up around here is six, seven, eight hundred thousand. Seven fifty, yeah. Yeah, seven fifty is a nice number. Yeah, so there are opportunities. Okay, I thought you were talking about the first time home buyer. <laughs> first time buyers, I feel like their price range is like five to six hundred thousand. You know, you can find stuff lower, but you can find stuff lower. And I, what I tell them is, just get your foot in the door. 
and look at it as an investment. You know, just be willing to live there for a few hours, a few hours, a few, few waking years. hours, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a few sleeping hours, and uh, and then move into the home that you really want. But so for in the four hundred thousand dollar price, four to four hundred to six hundred thousand, our inventory is at two point one percent. A normal market has six percent. So it's the absorption rate, months of inventory. Oh, months so of that inventory. is why it is so crazy competitive for hmm. them to be able to purchase something. Interesting. Why aren't sellers seeing that and, and pouncing on like getting their house out there just because there's nothing for them to buy either? There's nothing. There's nowhere for them to go. Yeah. So I like this chart that I'm seeing here. We're talking months of supply based on different price ranges in our county. And it's very impacted in this, you know, this is, I would consider this entry level. It's from 200000 all the way to $600,000. Um, definitely that entry level market in our county is one to two months of supply. That's extremely low, fast moving. I see a little opportunity here for what I would consider a move up buyer in the 800 to a million range. You actually have a seven and a half month supply of inventory. Yeah, those houses stay on market longer. Those houses are a little bit trickier to finance with conventional financing and jumbo financing uh, based on the debt-to-income ratios, needing for reserves, and sure. quite frankly, payment, right? People, yeah. People jump up in payment. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you really start to see the months of supply get up there when you get over the 1.2 million range, then you start to see 10 and 20 well, months supply. Right. And part of it is because people in this price range don't necessarily, they don't have to sell. They, you know, yeah, it's like their fourth or fifth home. Sure. If that happens, great. Right. A lot of them are vacation. They're the vacation homes. Yeah. So. so do you have any advice for people who are thinking about selling who might be on the fence? Um, any advice for them on you know, if they are committed to selling their home, what they need to think about, and if they're not sure if they want to sell, what they might want to consider as well. Well, I think it's important to be committed, number one, so that you can put that behind the sale of your house. And I think it's good to interview several different realtors because oftentimes a comparative market analysis can be somewhat subjective. It is based on market data, but then it also is based on the perception of what the agent sees out there in the marketplace. So if you're talking to three different agents, and then you want to make sure they're full-time agents. So going back to the the ones that are just doing it as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say, don't rely on Zillow. (laughs) Don't say, oh, my home is worth X amount, and I think we could sell it on our own. And... uh, yeah, get some professional advice. If you're not committed to anyone or anything. Before we let you go, I think we should let Carolyn in Napomo hop online. We've got a caller here. Carolyn, good morning. Thanks for calling in to Mortgage Matters. Yes, good morning. Yes, I live here at Black Lake Golf Course in uh, Napomo. Sure. It's on the bluff. I once shot an 83 there. The ocean, and I didn't know if she knew about our area or not, as well as Trilogy. And these are very affordable homes. The black, where you live now, Carolyn, is that, that's what you mean? I'm sorry? You're saying the houses that you live in now near Black Lake Golf Course are are affordable? 
or reach? I live at Black Lake Golf Course, on yeah. the golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. home here. Young families are moving in. They're less than 600000 And Trilogy as well uh, is on a golf course and very lovely. And I just didn't know if she knew about this area or not since she mentioned Oceana, but then didn't keep going south. Uh, a good well, I think I was, um, I do know about that area, and it is a very nice area. I I think I, I've spoken with a lot of buyers that want to be close to the ocean, five cities area. You know, they don't want to go to Napomo. And then I'm curious, I haven't looked into what what is the do they all have an HOA fee or yes uh, Black Lake does and Trilogy yes they do but we're just not the only homes here but there are there are building sure. uh, homes on Calendar Road which is and we're very close to the ocean I mean I can see the ocean from my <laughs> home so yeah. you know what you're right and I did have buyers who bought in Napomo it was a house that had been uh, flipped. They fixed it up, and it was—it's really nice. Um, you know. Well, was, I just think this area gets a short shrift around here, and everybody thinks of, of Napomo as it was twenty-five years ago. Yeah, no, Napomo is not like that anymore. No. They're small estates, beautiful. It is. It's really beautiful, and we appreciate you calling and reminding us of that, Carolyn. It's—it's it's a beautiful area. I know that trilogy development very well. My. Uh, a good friend and also a family member both were chefs out there at the restaurant at the the Monarch Club area there for a while and yeah I frequented right. it's that like a little Beverly Hills up yeah here. it's yeah. quite See, nice. you don't want to tell people that uh, yeah. because now you'll get a swarm of them <laughs> like yeah. Oprah was the happiest place on earth <laughs> yeah I agree right. with you so anyway I just felt like I had to put my word in so well, thank we ap- you for your show today I appreciate it thank you for listening Carolyn we appreciate your call today um, yeah you know the, our area um, is is so like we were saying earlier it's so diverse and beautiful within any town you're going to find um, different different neighborhoods that have different amenities different qualities different lot sizes you know, they appeal to that. different people and that's that's what's beautiful about any community and then uh, within our county just the areas are so um, so diverse in, in so many ways, both the the architecture of homes, the topography of the land, the views. It's it's an amazing place to live, and and you know it's just the trick now with respect to real estate is trying to find an opportunity out there, trying to find a home that meets your criteria, and uh, and that's in your price range, in your affordability wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. so that's where uh, finding a full-time professional agent like Christy is is really what what you should be doing. And and I I love your advice about interviewing a few people. You know, I, don't just go with the person who says they can sell your house for the most amount of money because one, no, they, don't go with that. Person. They might not be right, and <laughs> right. and two, you know, it, it could actually be detrimental to the end value that you receive for your home. So, you know, you want to. You want to interview real realtors who you may potentially be working with to make sure that there's a personality fit, that you understand the information they're giving you and helping you make a good decision. And so I, I think that's great advice. And in doing so, you know, with talking to different agents, I feel like it's really important to try to keep an open mind about the data that's presented. And, you know, you're not don't be pressured into making any decisions that you might feel 
aren't right for you. So. I think that's that's really whether it's a real estate professional or mortgage professional, we try to not um, you know make decisions for you or push you in any one direction. It's really about providing you with a lot of information that you might not have access to or experiences that we have that you might not be aware of. And we just try to share that information with you and guide you through the process. Um, you know, whether it's on the real estate side or the financing side. And so I appreciate that mentality that you bring to the transaction and wish you a successful second half of this year. Thank you. Um, I know that you have to get off to a meeting, so we will bid you adieu. But I do want to give you an opportunity to share your contact info with the listeners out there. You can find me on christycarter.com. That's my website. Or you can go to Facebook and just search Christy Carter. And then don't Christy like, spell with a K. K-R-I-S-T-I-E-C-A-R-T-E-R. And I'm on the web, but I don't want to overwhelm anyone with all what about different it? sites. And what's your best phone number? 805-235-4499. And feel free to Send me a video. <laughs> <laughs> Another fan of video communication. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> All right. Very well, good. Christy, thanks again for joining us on a Saturday and taking time out of your weekend. We'll uh, hope that you have a, a great meeting and uh, sell some property today. Thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Blending. Central Coast Blending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Here's my raincoat. 
So you're by yourself and this song comes on the radio. Do you change the channel or do you sing along? I built it out. Yeah, Belt it. Yeah. yeah. It's a great song. Matchbox <laughs> Funny. California Mid-State yeah. Fair. It's catchy. He's yeah. a good artist. There's no rules when I'm driving around in my car <laughs> with with how I interact with the radio. No. <laughs> no rules. None. No. It's always great to see that person at a red light, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> Matchbox Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, they got a good lineup. This now, year. do you belt it out with windows up or down? Uh, I rarely have the windows down anymore. <laughs> but I think back before I could afford a car with AC. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I I enjoyed our show today. We don't have a lot of time left to get into too much. Uh, too many other topics, but I thought um, Christy was a was a very good guest. First time on the radio too. First timer. I know that's always a little nerve wracking. I I remember my first time on the radio, how nervous I was. I think she did very well, and um, and so she's really a, she really is a number driven, yeah, like engineer intelligence person. And so you know, it's not that she's not extroverted. It's just that I could see how she takes that approach with her clients. Yeah, and, and radio I might be see tough. That when she comes to a meeting, she comes prepared. Yeah. Binder. Yeah. Um, so, uh, definitely liked, um, liked what I was hearing from her, some of the advice that she was giving. And if you liked what you were hearing, I encourage you to reach out to Christy and make her one of your, your agents that you interview to potentially sell your home or help you buy, a buy a home in the area. You can find her at Christy Carter.com K R I S T I E Carter.com. Um, or you can call her at two three five four four nine nine. So we have just a, a few minutes left. Um, we were talking a little bit about the Airbnb thing earlier in the show. We were. Um, I feel like you know we kind of left that with um, with good advice that you just need to you need to do a little more due diligence up front before you want to work on financing a property where there is that type of investment activity going on, that rental activity through an Airbnb. It's something that we're just not quite comfortable with in the mortgage world. It's a blessing and a curse. Give it three more years of stability and establishment. And yeah, I mean, but you know, you hit on the key border income. Yeah. It's quite frankly, not used to qualify unless you have separate units can't be inside of your primary residence where you dwell. And so we need to do a little more work on on your property, on your metering situation, you know, because sometimes you can have a granny unit that that's right that you know feels like a two unit, but it's not necessarily viewed that way mm-hmm. um, in our mortgage world. So we look at the the appraiser looks at the zoning and all that jazz. So we can help you with all that. We, we want to we have you, experience exactly. We have experience with all the very unique property types that we see in this county. There's a lot of unique stuff. Um, we see a lot of acreage. We see a lot of uh, mobile and manufactured homes mm-hmm. in addition to stick built on the same parcel. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of unique properties and those unique properties um, need a little more uh, research before you just start flying off onto the mortgage process. May I comment on that? Sure. So property out in a Royal Grande area uh, still listed. 
It's got 40 acres, and it's got a manufactured home on a foundation, and it's got a old farm stick-built home property on it, zoned as, this is when I get it, zoned as a mobile home park. Whoa. Yeah. So first thing I did, I looked up that filing. There's something called a 433A filing for the, the manufactured home. That's just a way in this state to declare that that home is affixed to a foundation and now can be seen as a single family residence and compared to other single family residences when you go to get an appraisal. I contacted the title officer for First American Title. I asked him to change his explanation of the mobile home park to a more significant, a more accurate description of the property. And the listing agent said, you're never going to get it changed. I don't know why you're going through these exercises. Title officer writes me back after he gets back from vacation. Mike, you're right. Here's a 433A filing. And I've changed the prelim to reflect single family residence, not mobile home. Look at you. And now we're ready to make offers on this house. And now I can submit a prelim title report to an appraiser. He can go out. He can comp it correctly. Beautiful. Everyone's ready to go. Yeah. Otherwise, you just create this confusion because the appraiser is seeing things differently than the realtor is seeing things differently than the underwriter and loan officer and buyer. All these people are debating what is what type of property are we actually dealing Correct. with? And here you're just helping go through and clarify it for everyone and make it of record so that everyone sees the same thing. Now we're ready to write a pre-approval letter. And now when that underwriter gets it, that makes $90,000 a year on salary and doesn't want to get fired because they you know, they want to help us, but they don't want to push through something that's not eligible. They can feel good about the file. That's just one example. Sure. Hey, Mike, uh, we're quickly running out of time. There's so many different directions I want to go, but I think the most basic that I think you can help me with here, what's, what did rates do this week? It looked like things maybe, maybe improved slightly up until maybe Friday. Did rates finish the week higher or lower than last we week? We had two pieces of news this week. Uh, the consumer price index came out week on Friday and earlier in the week, I'm forgetting the acronym, one other index came out. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. There was PPI, CPI, PPI, retail PPI. sales. Yeah, and, okay. and, and next week we will show housing shorts, or excuse me, housing starts. And so rates uh, started off the week not good started to taper down. And on Friday, I saw a lot of rates holding. I think next week we're going to see uh, a rally in our favor if you're looking to lock a loan or, or do a refinance. Probably anywhere from an eighth to a quarter of a point in interest rate next week, I think, because we're also going to get the new house starts, which I can just tell you are not going to be fantastic. Yeah. And I I feel like those inflation indices, the PPI and CPI, producer prices, consumer prices, that's really... One of the biggest components that the Fed is is evaluating when making their rate decisions right now, they're really concerned with the um, the the underwhelming inflation numbers. You yep. know, the target inflation is two and a half, three percent, and we're not hitting those. We're barely getting to two percent, and so it's those figures that are are likely to keep the Fed at a slow pace on their on their rate hikes, which yeah. I think is why we saw the market react. Yeah. In addition, we saw the, the quarter end just a week ago. So that creates some not necessarily market-driven trading. You know, it's more profit-driven trading. Yeah. And, and now that we're entering the third quarter, we're getting back to market data driving 
I driving agree. the trading and driving the the direction of rates. We're opening a whole new can of worms. I wish we had another half hour yeah, here. Yeah. Well, rates rates do appear to be improving a little bit this past week, and we're hopeful that that will continue on. Um, if you need some help with a mortgage transaction, whether you're looking to refinance, rates still are hovering around their uh, lows for the year, lowest since about October of last year. Um, so if you're looking to refinance, um, now's a great time. If you're looking to buy, rates are obviously in a good spot historically, and um, it makes it a great time to buy as well. So if you need help getting pre-qualified, give us a call at the office. The number is 543-LOAN, 543-5626, or look us up on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Um, we hope that you find all the information on the website helpful uh, to your home buying process, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. And we'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters.